the necessity to fight against the dying opponent. That's essentially what the Lord of the Rings is. Well, over the last several years, it's been extremely painful for me to watch the destruction of things that I dearly love, not in just in terms of the general culture, but specifically in the pop culture, as you can see from the Corn Commander back there. I was a, a big Star Trek fan from the time I first saw the show. And the thing I like most about Star Trek was its optimism. They used to say that Star Trek was the future that worked. It was it was the humanity future that we all wanted. And then, of course, it got handed over to people with very far left-wing policies. And now Star Trek is about division. It's about identity politics. It's a dystopia where people's eyeballs are plucked out screaming. And it's just wearing the same name, Star Trek. I kind of like Star Wars, too. I like the idea of Star Wars because Star Wars was fun. That's what Star Wars was. It was fun. Until suddenly it wasn't fun anymore when all of these lessons and the destruction of Luke Skywalker and all of this just endless lecturing continues to simply beat it down. And now I'm pretty much done with the Star Wars universe, me and millions and millions of other people. Now they're coming after Lord of the Rings, and uh, Lord of the Rings is putting up a fight in a way that the others really weren't able to. I don't know whether that's because it's more important or whether we've had more experience, but in any event, on this edition of Right Angle with Steve Green and Scott Out, we're going to be looking at the fan reaction to Amazon's streaming... <laughs> well, I didn't the first image I had of something... <laughs> Wait, do you say streaming or steaming? Uh, no, I said streaming. Uh, <laughs> okay. I was thinking about the Tennessee two-step, as they used to call it back in the In any event, um, there's been an awful lot of pushback because this version of not the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, based on the works of J.R.R. Tolkien, we're told, but it's not based on the works of J.R.R. Tolkien. It's based on the works of a few very shallow, very young people with their own political agenda to join. So, Steve, here we go. Uh, you're, you're a big pop culture fan, as I am, and um, and we know that that it's not just that Tolkien wrote about timeless issues. He wrote them in a way so that the characters were so memorable. And in just a moment, we're going to look at one of these uh, uh, parodies that somebody's done of the actual Rings of Power uh, trailer. But before we look at that, I'd just like to get your take on something, Steve. I think the, the, uh, the trilogy that was done by Peter Jackson in 2001 through 2003 is one big 15-hour movie. I think it's best ever made. But if you look at the casting on that, he cast people with original faces. He cast people with character. Yeah. Mr. Spock on the original TV show was a bizarre-looking guy. Leonard Nimoy is a strange, strange-looking dude. The new Mr. Spock on um, uh, whatever it is, uh, Strange New Worlds, looks like a looks like a model, you know? Yeah, generic pretty boy with perfume. the haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the original had all these tremendous faces and had tremendous characters. And now I'm going to show you the first pass on what is, in fact, an actual Amazon release that's supposed to get us hyped up about the upcoming uh, Rings of Power. We'll go through this a couple times, but here's the first take. Salon Selectives presents hair so beautiful, you feel like you just stepped out of a salon. Salon side. Salon Selectives. Salon Glow. 
Introducing Salon Selectives, new from Helene Curtis. Four salon shampoos, four salon conditioners. You select the combination that will give you salon beautiful hair. Salon style! Feel salon beautiful every day. You know, Steve, there's a lot to, to criticize about Amazon's take on this and the inclusion of black elves and, and, and all of these all of these people that were nowhere near in the book. And it's a mythology about Northern Europe. That's what Tolkien wrote. He said, I want to write a mythology of Northern European, but put all that aside, okay? That's not even really the point. The, the point is when you look at the people that they cast on that, it's just kind of a wussification of it. But it's it's like it's like you took it and ran it through the deflavorizer, you know? There's there's like every single person is just kind of kind of feminine and kind of indistinct and you know, just you know, no strength there. And I don't know. I'm just, yeah. Oh, I've got Go a lot, I've got a lot to say Go about ahead. this one. The first thing I would like to say as a, a genuine Lord of the Rings fan is someday they may destroy Tolkien's legacy, but not this day. But it will but not it be not this, this day. day. <laughs> and and the reason is it won't be this show. It won't be this day because that ain't Tolkien. No, it just isn't. There, there. You know what's missing, Bill? It isn't epic. It. I, I've seen that's this. Right. I've seen this happen so many times in the last probably. Well, that's ten, right. It's the OC. Yes, so it's, many it's times the in the last. The Middle Earth, right? Yeah, last ten to twelve years, they'll have some uh, uh, movie character that they're that they're now putting on TV. So they've got to hire a TV scale actor who looks like a TV scale actor that don't have the big screen presence. Uh, Superman will always, to me, be Christopher Reeve in the first Superman movie. Uh, I posted a YouTube video years ago. It's just a 45-second long clip, I think, from from Superman the movie that explains in those 45 seconds what made it so great. And it's the scene where uh, Clark goes out as Superman for the first time in New York. It's got the, the, the helicopter is dangling off the building. And, you know, he, he sees the, the the microphone booth and then he has to go through the thing and swirl it. You see him pull across. You know, it's, it's just everything is there. You see him fly up the side of the building. And the part that really sold it, that none of these fake Lord of the Rings actors will ever, will ever do, is you have to you have to suspend your disbelief that a man will that, that a man can fly. So Superman zooms up. He catches falling Lois and says, don't worry, ma'am, I've got you. And Lois looks down, looks at him and says, you've got me. Who's got you? But the killer part, Bill, and I know I'm going way off on a tangent here. The killer part is Christopher Reeve doesn't have any long-winded explanation. I think this was an ad lib. He just goes, hmm, as though, of course I can do this. I'm Superman. And there, there are none of these... TV, pretty boy, pretty girls, they're all kind of interchangeable, woke, whatevers, uh, that have the presence or the chops to pull any of that off. So th this isn't Tolkien. Um, you mentioned Spock and Nimoy's face. I am so jealous of that man because the longer he played Spock, the better he got at it because he had one of those faces like, like Keith Richards that just got deeper and deeper the older he gets. Mm -hmm. I just get puffier. You know, oh, screw that. Mm -hmm. I'd, rather have, I'd rather have an interesting face like, uh, like one of those guys. Anyway, um, the fans 
are what will save Tolkien's legacy because newbies who might get drawn in by this trailer might go, ooh, I get to find out this Lord of the Rings stuff and they'll wonder why it sucks. And we fans will tell them this is why it sucks. It's not Tolkien. It's not the Lord of the Rings. And that is what's going to save his legacy. Maybe someday we'll get something better again. I don't think we need it. I think Peter Jackson nailed it 20 years ago. We don't we don't ever need to do that again. He, he did such a great job, although we won't talk about the Hobbit movies. Um, that said, I'd like to leave you with just two last words. Salon Selectives. <laughs> That's really it, Scott. You know, um, aside from the fact that the act was just appalling, the, 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 the one woman who's, the, I think, the, 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 the dwarf queen or something. I mean, I, I, I remember being in acting one and seeing people doing this and just wanting to crawl into my chair. <laughs> But but what what I think this what this show is missing is is grit. It's it's yeah. missing it's missing reality. And that's the genius of Tolkien was that he could put he could take the literally the most fantastical fantasy world ever. And I, when I say literally, I mean that literally is I think the most astonishing act of imagination, and create something that was so. Absolutely otherworldly, but at the same time was so fantastically real because of the granularity. He wrote the languages for me. He was a linguist. He wrote the elfin language. He wrote the dwarf language. He wrote the black language. He wrote the languages before he even started writing the book. And and everything that we see in that trailer that we just saw is is a very superficial kind of a of a of a veneer of of this. Uh, it's you can get to the point, Scott, where things get so pretty that they're just boring, and all of these people are boring to me. Just as a quick comparison here, look, here's a Galadriel from from the movie versus the one from the the, the new movie. Galadriel was a spooky looking chick in in the last movie, and that's how she was written. And here's Aragorn, and and some other modern guy, and here's especially Elrond, who in the original uh, trilogy looked like a very strange dude from a different race on another planet, and yeah. now looks Hugo like, Weaving was yeah. Looks like now he looks like a, he just walked off. Of, you know, he's in a boy band, I guess. So, <laughs> so what? What do you think they're trying to accomplish by doing this? Do you have any idea? Do you think it's just playing incompetence? Because that's where I'm going. I just think they're not bright enough to know how to write this stuff or adapt it. Yeah, and I, th I think it's quite a challenge too when you talk about the the gigantic intellect of Tolkien. How do you you know how do you measure up to that? How do you dare take that into your hands, you punk? You know, it's like what what the nerve that I'm going to say? Hey, yeah, I think I'm just going to adapt this to the screen. You didn't do the work. You couldn't have done the work. You didn't have the ability to do the work and you didn't put in the time to do the work. You can't make this film. Uh, you know, it is it is a patina of the rings. It's Tolkien-ish. Um, it is this, the idea <laughs> that somebody would come out with a new series. It's Teletubbies based on the works of Geoffrey Chaucer. Um, you know, this is not, this is not Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, it, 
the phrase that you use there, I think, really uh, rings true. It's like there is a, a richness and a deepness, um, not superficial, about the original Peter Jackson uh, version of the film, Lord of the Rings. And when I think of the initial appearance of Viggo Mortensen's character, as soon as I saw that guy, I thought, hmm, He's probably like some sort of brigand or horseman or swordsman or something, but he's he's definitely not an actor in Hollywood. I mean, he's 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 like kind of a slightly skeezy, dirty character who I want to know more about. And you know, immediately you're engaged just from his look, and then you see uh, these these hair boys on the new promo, and you're like, literally, they could have been in a shampoo commercial um, or a hair dye commercial. So, and I am I am not looking forward to this. And there are some things that I won't see uh, only because I treasure so much the the image in my mind that I want to keep. <laughs> like so, you know, I read the Tolkien stories. I want to keep that image. I saw the Jackson movies. I want to keep that image in my mind. I do not want them to be encumbered or polluted by this. The the reason that the um that this version of uh, of Tolkien's work is so appalling to everybody ultimately comes down to the to the great contradiction between what Tolkien was writing about and how it is antithetical to the politics of the people who are making this particular version of it. Let me be clear on this. J.R.R. Tolkien served in, in the First World War, which was as close to living hell as you possibly are going to find. He was in the trenches on the front. He experienced horrors, the likes of which he had never imagined possible, nor had anybody else for that matter. Lord of the Rings was written Mostly during the 30s and early 40s when he was watching Hitler return to power, when he was watching this evil that he had actually lived through, coming back, he could see a second war was coming, the lights were going out all over Europe in that famous expression, and he wrote about the necessity to fight against the dying of the light. That's essentially what the Lord of the Rings is, is that against all the odds, Frodo gets Against against overwhelming odds, the smallest of us can win the victory if we just are true to our hearts and so on. When I say that modern generation working on this is antithetical to it, I actually saw an example of this 20 years ago in the original uh, trilogy. On one of the on one of the DVD commentaries, Sean Astin, who played uh, Sam Gamgee, who was brilliant, he, he may have been the best thing in the he was just absolutely brilliant. But during the commentary, there was a, a, some sort of scene going on, and Sean Astin, who's a very left-wing actor who played who played Sam, said, "See, this is this is this is Tolkien commenting on the futility of war," and I, and I just like I just stopped there, you know. And I said, "Did you watch the movie that you were just in?" He's not commenting on the futility of war. He's commenting on the necessity of it, on the absolute requirement. It is that you either fight this evil or die. And that's what I mean when I say that this thing is doomed to fail. The reason they cast such nondescript, bland, uh, milk-toasty hair salon models is because they don't understand that it's the grit and the flaw, Aragorn in, in the original series, uh, uh, Viggo Mortensen is a handsome guy, but he's not a good-looking guy. And and all of that rawness, all of that 
essential struggle, the, 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 the chips in the paint, all of that stuff, is absolutely missing because they don't have a clue about what it means. They absolutely don't. During our backstage show, Scott mentioned that when in the original uh, trilogy, when Galadriel has the Ring of Power and she is almost tempted to become this dark queen, this demon god, he said, really scared, he scared everybody. But don't worry, in the new one, Galadriel doesn't worry about things like that. She's so busy in her suit of armor doing uh, you know, wire work where she goes flipping 30 feet in the air and then lopping off the heads of orcs everywhere. You see, that's that's really what women really need to be empowered is you can't have them be rulers of destiny. you got to make sure they can touch some people. Uh, I'm basically just in this entire show so I could show you this uh, that last clip that you saw in the next one. <laughs> The fans are, are doing the one thing to, to this extremely expensive and extremely insulting adaptation that the adaptation cannot bear. They're not just angry at it. They're not just criticizing it. They are laughing at it. Yeah. And in addition to the thing we're going to show you with as we close, one of the, one of the things that just happened out of the internet is that when people were making comments on the last Lord of the Rings trailer, People, somebody, one person started and said, you know, my favorite part of the new Amazon Lord of the Rings is, is, is the part where Galadriel says, we're going to need a bigger ring. And then everybody, <laughs> and, and they're just basically inserting all of this stuff from other movies that don't belong there into their review of, of the Rings of Power. And I, against the uh, assaults of laughter, nothing can stand, Mark Twain said. So here is uh, my personal uh feelings about uh, the Rings of Power as expressed through the trailer that was just released by Amazon. Enjoy it on the way out. For Steve Green and Scott Adam, Bill Little, see you next time on Rating.